M. Rossiano. If a girl looks like me, I'll go for it. I mean, come on. You've got to respect that. <laughs> and Michael Lucas. Like, it's not socially acceptable to go out without your pants on. We've all accepted the fact that pants are necessary. This is M. Salation. It's the perfect level of it absorbs you, you can obsess over it, and then still have a wonderful night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. You're in M. Salation. Hi, gang. Okay, so this is legit my 10th go at this. I don't know what's wrong. Normally, I can just roll the intro out, but something's wrong. Hi, it's Em. My name's Em. You've tuned into. You haven't tuned in? Oh, my God. It is not 1950s radio. No one's tuning anymore, babes. They're downloading their Spotify app and they're pressing play. I don't even know if people do that. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Hi, my name's Em Rustiano. Do you want to know, like, how I used to, no, I don't even think I ever did a proper radio voice. Welcome to Emsolation. My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a mother of three, a wife of one, and a maximalist power queen. Oof, that's almost, my voice sounds quite saucy. Does it sound saucy? <laughs> Oof. I started the side quest before I've even started the show. Uh, what am I, where am I? What did I just do? Have I told you who I am? Have I said I'm bringing in Michael? Oh, God. I'm not, I'm just, I can't do another intro. Push on him. Hey, hey. So, yeah, Michael Lucas, my best friend's going to join me since we were 11. He's a screenwriter. I love him dearly. We, like, chat about things. We chat about pop culture. We chat about politics. We chat about poo. We chat about penises. I mean, other words that don't start with P are allowed. And, look, normally we do, you know, talk about what's been going on in the news and in our lives, but we just decided this week we needed a bit of a break. There's a lot going on. (laughs) Did you know? Obviously, most of you are either in lockdown or about to be, and I just couldn't bring myself to talk about anything that would be challenging. So we decided to do a QA. and a Threw the questions out there to you guys. Marcella put it on our Instagram account, at Emsolation Podcast, and you guys really did not hold back. You don't know a lot about you guys. Don't feel the need to be polite. No small talk, just straight in. One of the questions was, Michael, what's your least favourite quality about M? And I asked him, and he answered. That's called a tease. That's an old-fashioned radio tease. Yeah, this week we're giving you a warm hug instead of having, you know, harsh opinions that might upset you. God, I hate it when women and gays have opinions. So that's, you know, we just wanted to bring you home after a long day and Put on your comfiest undies, you know, the ones that are at the back of the drawer that you wear when you've got your period or you, that you wear when, you know, you're having a day where you've just got a bit of bloat, whatever, if you don't get your period, you know. Everyone's got comfy undies with you. Whatever's happening downstairs. You've all got a pair of comfy undies, right? Pop them on. Pop on a nice tracksuit. Maybe it's a nice new matching one you've ordered for yourself online. And I do not judge you and I encourage you to buy yourself some lockdown Active wear. When I say active wear, actually lockdown inactive wear. Oh my God, I need to start an inactive wear brand. <laughs> I'll kill that shit. You know, just pop down, wrap yourself in a blankie, pop on your favourite show. So what we're going to do for you this week, just some easy listening. Not going to be challenged in any way. Maybe you'll do some snort laughing. You'll learn some things about us. But that's all we wanted to do. Speaking of, thanks to everyone who bought a comfy hoodie 
some inactive wear on my bloody website and rustiano.com. We'll get a bit of a restock of the hoodies and yeah, go grab yourself one. There's also maximalist power queen t-shirts. I love the idea that that's, there's going to be everyone everywhere wearing those and totes and busy working mum tees. You're going to have to be super patient with the merch. Obviously there's a bit of a pandemic going on. My warehouse is down to one man, one lone person is fulfilling your orders. The hoodies are still being made. Everything is being held up. It's going to be a nightwear. You'll probably be waiting three weeks weeks. Don't get angry. It's just me. I'm not ASOS. I'm not the iconic. You're just buying off of me and my small team to help fund the podcast that you love. And you get a really cool hoodie designed by Jess from High Tees. It's win-win-win. You just have to wait. But you know what? It's good. It's good to draw things out, to have to look at the mailbox every day. Send Don't, don't send angry emails to Jem. Poor Jem, my PA. She's dealt with a few of you this week. anyway that's all from me now I just wanted to say I see you I'm in it with you I understand perhaps you've just escaped for your daily huffy puffy and you've turned us on and we're here with you to think we started this podcast 15 months ago in lockdown thinking this will just be a lockdown thing well yeah it still is 15 months later (laughs) anyway enjoy what you're about to hear it truly lifted my spirits doing it This podcast is as much for Michael and I as it is for you guys, let me tell you. I'm going to go be kind to yourselves, don't look too far into the future, watch some trashy TV and let's play the music. M. Luciano and Michael Lucas, this is M. Salation. Okay. Well, as I take a sip of my nighttime tequila. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your wind down drink now? Is that where we're at? Yeah. Tequila is basically the only alcohol I can drink now that doesn't make me really sad. And I can only have just a snifter, just a whiff, just a a sprinkling, a hint. Like I've got this massive bottle of Patron because I'm Cardi B. Yeah. And... It's like the best one because I only have a snifter, a whiff, a hint, a slither. Tequila is what the CrossFit sanctioned alcohol. Hmm? They like have nothing. Yes, they have nothing, but then they have tequila. I think it's something to do with the purity of it or something. Yeah, there's the agave. You want a high agave, you know, because George Clooney, your Kendall Jenner's, your Ryan, no, your, what's the other Ryan Gosling? Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. They've all had their tequila brands. Although ironically and weirdly and not really, only only one of the Jenna girls got done for cultural appropriation. Clooney and Reynolds were fine, apparently. Oh, <laughs> what an unusual story for this modern world that we're in. But uh, that's all I'll have to say about that as I sip my tequila. <laughs> I, can't, I wish I could know the, the, the thread, the, the journey that you went on at three o'clock in the morning, no doubt, to get oh to God. I must drink tequila. <laughs> <laughs> late on a weeknight after a busy working day. Yeah. I can't have a peanut gratio. I can't have anything else. But there is a specific thread that people with ADHD do end up going down. And I okay. went down there. Welcome. Look, obviously, it's pretty... It's great. Another week in Melbourne for lockdown. Mm. And Sydney continues. <laughs> and Adelaide now. Adelaide were like, I know. Two cases, stage four. Like, if anyone is trying to be like, hey, Gladys, it feels like it's now a game of, 
hey, Gladys, this is how it's done. Let me do it quicker. I'll do it quicker. I'll do it quicker. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like if someone got a temperature in WA, bang, stage four. Oh, totally. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's now premiers have a license to do it. And I love it. I love it that in every press conference, Daniel Andrews is like, look, I'm not going to comment on any other uh, premiers. And then he will, in a coded, not subtle at all way, (laughs) completely, if you do not go hard and go early, you only get one shot. Oh, he may as well say, look, I'm not naming any names. Let's just say Schmatter-Schmerer-Schmiglian. <laughs> Fuck this up for her state. And I don't want to say anything. I don't want to, like, make anyone think that I'm blaming anyone. But if you lock down early, then you get on top of it. I really think, though, honestly, I think Gladys and he are both such savvy political operators that I feel like she's just like... Fair enough. I made my brand on I didn't do the Melbourne lockdown. It's all fallen apart. You've got the stage now. I understand. I feel like when they text each other, it's still fine. Oh, I don't. I don't know. And it's got dark. I don't even think there's text happening at the moment. I mean, maybe Gladdy B sent him, like, the, the middle finger emoji. Maybe one of those <laughs> got sent. And maybe Dan sent back, like, the emoji where the woman's, like, flicking her hair. But, I mean, I saw a photo of Gladdy B and her boyfriend, the lawyer, and she was sans mask. I know. Close to a cafe. So if the Premier's not even wearing a mask on the front page of the Daily Telly. The Daily Telegraph, I did not see that coming because we, a huge feature of the Melbourne lockdown was Dan being ripped to shreds on our version of the Daily Telegraph, the Herald Sun, every Mm. single day. Mm. But I didn't think they would turn on Gladys. I really, really didn't. No matter what she did, Mm. I was wrong. They've turned. Listen, we're not talking about this we're doing a QA. it's a press it's really taken a turn we can't find the fun we can't there's I mean, no fun even the joy of watching Kerry Chan oh, has started to give away well I just feel the tiredness now they're all tired we're tired I'm tired everyone listening poor Adelaide have entered the chat it's their <laughs> first time Hello, Adelaide. (laughs) It's shit. And, you know, a lot of the questions people asked us were, how do we survive lockdown? And, I mean... Yeah, no answer here. mm -mm. I mean, you you distract yourself. You have to. You have to. And you can't look past the day in front of you. That's that's where you fall over. So a lot of people asked us to talk about Britney. And I just said to you, I don't have the emotional bandwidth right now to unpack what's been going on with Britney, to unpack COVID, to, to talk about anything, the Olympics, why the fuck are the Olympics going ahead? Like, it's too much. <laughs> so <laughs> what I will say about Britney before we get to the questions, and the questions are spicy, guys. Hot and spicy. Don't worry about that. They're fucking spicy. Spicy. I'm going to take a tip of my, tip of my tequila. Oh, my God. <laughs> The tone of this podcast has really changed over the past few weeks. I think this lockdown's been the one. I think if you went back and measured it, you could see where we broke. <laughs> oh, I'm broken. But I think if we were pretending not to be broken, it would piss the listeners off. Yeah. I think if we had some weird false negativity, relentless positivity, people would just be like, oh, just go away. Like, we are among them. But we will lift you up in our own dark way. But what I will say about Brittany is... <laughs> She's not okay. And what we're not seeing is a woman freed, able to hire a lawyer, access her Instagram password and her car and her FPOS cards and come out this totally well-freed gazelle. To me, I'm worried where this is heading and I don't want to make statements about it. I support her. I hope she's okay. I hope she gets some good people around her. But I want to go on the record as saying that I'm worried. 
Oh, also just on the level of how do you recover from what she's been through mm. for that sort of treatment for so long from your family, being forced into all this sort of treatment and God knows what else. Mm. That's going to take some unpacking. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to wait for that to happen before I pass any judgment. But what we're going to move to now is when I tried to research today's show this afternoon, I thought, oh, my God, I'm... Well, let's have to do a Q&A. You guys are like on it. All the listeners are straight in. And the questions, there's no loop. Everyone came in dry. No courtesy fingers. Straight in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love that I can still make you laugh. No courtesy fingers. <laughs> You're a gay man. You understand that reference? I, I do. I do. It's a little, just a little tap, tap, tap. Yeah. Tap, tap, tap. I don't know what finger you prefer. Our friendship isn't that deep. I mean, I could ask. I wouldn't feel weird about it. Tap, 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 tap. Liam will be making a video of this. It's my courtesy finger. Tap, 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 tap. All right. Who, do you want to go first or should I? Do you want to ask me the uh, questions? Yeah. Okay. Number. Our first question comes from Andrea. Mm-hmm. No last name supplied. Probably. Oh, there was. I don't know, but they're anonymous now. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling months after your ADHD diagnosis? <laughs> I mean, if we're taking it from right now, there's a lot going on. Overall, much better mentally. Yeah. So, everyone, this could be so much worse. <laughs> and it really could. No, I would absolutely agree. I would absolutely agree. Well, what have you noticed as the person closest to me? And that includes my husband. Um, I've noticed that that it, it feels like you're less likely to get unmoored, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like it feels like you're more tethered to good things and, more, and maybe a little bit more able to take joy. Yes. If that's possible. Even at the moment. No, totally. you're still having quality LEO moments. Yes. You know. Yes. It's actually, <laughs> I feel like a different person, but I feel like I finally kind of started to become the person I always knew was there, as toy as this sounds, and I would claw at her and scratch at her and get glimpses of her, and then she'd fall through my fingers again. And I feel like now I've got a firm grip on her shoulders and I'm learning her ways. Mm. And it's weird in the way it's manifesting. I don't feel the need to post on social media as much. I don't know, I'm... I realised therapy once a week that I would go there and, and I knew this, you know, for external validation or just to be bolstered or to kind of put a version out there of myself that I don't think was exactly right. It was just a version and, and there's so many versions of me out there that they all got mixed up and confused. So that's been a strange one for me is that I don't need to document everything and post it all the time and relentlessly entertain myself and make little videos and things. And, and it has been noticed by a lot of people but it's not because anything bad's going on. It's, in fact, the opposite. I just, I'm feeling a bit more safe and strong within myself. Yeah, it feels, it feels like you used to run on a treadmill until you fell off and crashed. Whereas yes. now, now you've got the ability to slow down the treadmill yeah. and go for a nice, comfortable dismount. Pretty much. Do some stretches. Yeah, do some stretches, you know. I, I still get these, like, intense periods of sadness but other than that, I'm much better. I mean, it's the best thing I've ever done for myself is get the ADHD diagnosis and get on the program of therapy and meds and daily exercise and all this shit Gwyneth Paltrow has told us. I mean, I haven't shoved a jade egg up my vagina yet, but never say never. No, I'm good. <laughs> I mean... Depends how low on content we get. 
imagine. Depends if if we go into lockdown. If we're still in lockdown in September and we don't want to talk about it anymore, we'll be ordering that, oh, Jade. Don't you worry. Whatever. The candles that smell like virgin. Whatever. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from the therapy, though, and I think this might help people, is because of the way my brain was wired, I tended to just keep looking to the future and looking to what was coming next because I was constantly in need of stimulation. And now I'm able to just kind of be in moments of happiness and and appreciate them and see them rather than like, I need to get to happy as a destination. I need to own this and do this and achieve this in my career. And then I can finally exhale and go, yes, you're happy. And now I'll be like sitting with Elio in the sun and one of the dogs will come over and I, I say out loud, this is a moment of happiness that I will be in. And I know it's gross and ugh, but it, it works. <laughs> Thank God, because the pandemic makes it impossible to plan for anything anyway. So it's good that you can take those moments. Um, yes. God knows what lockdown five would look Don't. like. Anyway. <laughs> and now what happens? Do you ask me one or I ask you I'll one? I'll ask you one. I don't have the email in front of me, wait. I'm videoing myself and it's blocking everything because Liam had a heart attack because I had an eye infection and I wouldn't let him video me last week. Hang on. Send, we are so professional. I'm getting up the questions that I emailed to Michael. Sent. Michael Lucas. There we are. Okay. Here we go. Questions for M to ask Michael. Our first question comes from Lara who asks, Michael, do you get along with M's husband, Scott? <laughs> Much better than M. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. Look, obviously, as you probably glean, Scott and I are in some ways very different. In other ways, some striking parallels, yes. mostly in fashion, which is really disturbing. <laughs> the number of times we've gone out in the same clothes. But no, but Scott's impossible not to get along with because he's so calming and sort of steady and has like a really nice aura when you come into the space. Mm. And it's fair to say our interests don't often align. I'm, he's, I'm not cycling with him and I'm not just talking about the road danger, <laughs> although that's significant. <laughs> I'm not even talking about the fashion. I'm just, it's just not for me. But every once in a blue moon, like his love of Hamilton, uh, that was an unexpected development. That's yes. really good as something to talk about. Yes. No, you and he both have the ability to make small talk, which is why I have recruited you both in my sphere. <laughs> I just plant you two like here, like in front of me, like a shield, shield wall. Like I'll see someone approaching me, but shield wall. That's a Vikings reference, which you ain't get because you don't watch Vikings. And you and Scott the appear concept in front was of me. still pretty clear. I did understand <laughs> it. Perhaps, yeah. I don't know. You might have thought I was talking about like a panty shield or something. Who knows what you gays think? So, like, <laughs> it was such a mystery to you, Em. Like you don't have the exact same psychology. Oh yeah, I would have assumed panty shield if I didn't watch Vikings. One hundred percent. That's why I said it. And you're great. You're just there. I asked him actually before we recorded this. I asked him. Because someone else asked, is Scott jealous of your relationship with Michael? And I said to him, are you jealous of my relationship with Michael? I think he would say relieved. Yeah, he did. He's like, nah. <laughs> and here's the most Scott answer you'll ever get. I said, why aren't you jealous? He said, because Michael gives you something I could never give you, nor do I want to give you. Now I'm going for a ride. <laughs> and I'm going to say that works by vice versa very, very strongly. The same sentence could absolutely, I can assure you, I'm not going to provide what Scott provides. Even then. Although I would apply to a father to child, but it wouldn't have happened through natural conception, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, people are going to watch your new fucking show and assume that you and I had some kind of relationship. They are. I know, it's true. What have you done to us? All right, next, next, next question. 
Why didn't you mention RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under once while it was on? It's your favourite show, says Ben. Oh, that is... That's a question. That's a good question. Well done. They've noticed your avoidance. Mm, You love that. You love that. Okay, truth bombs. Let's do it. It is my favourite show, but Australia's version of Drag Race was extremely problematic for a number of reasons. A few of the contestants had questionable pasts with inappropriate behaviour around race and I also felt conflicted because a few of them were my friends as well. One particular contestant who had Scarlett who had a lot of oh god can you hear? (laughs) Don't even want to talk about it now. I'm trying I just. No. It's hard it's hard because I don't think that version did our queens justice. The Australian drag scene is vibrant and brilliant and unique And I feel like it was a watered-down version. That's what I think. For those of you who love Drag Race, Drag Race UK was what I thought Drag Race Australia was going to be. Drag Race UK is bawdy and full of heart and hilarious and the queens don't take themselves seriously. And this one felt there was a weird undertone from the beginning because we all knew that there was a few, you know, drag queens doing blackface, dressing up as black artists or or Mm. appropriating culture. And that has happened. A lot of drag queens have done that. But yeah, I don't know. I just felt, I felt uncomfortable about it. And you go on those full on mega fan forums as well online. You're big on that. And so you see the savagery and the commentary and all that sort of stuff. And so I feel like it's like the waters that you're very nervous to tread into. 100%. The Drag Race fandom is the most savage fandom out of all the fandoms. And I'm including like Mumsnet, which if you're familiar with Mumsnet, Mumsnet is like the gate, just before the gates of hell. That's where Mumsnet's headquarters is. What are you talking about? Mothering? No, what? It's Mumsnet is like has the same level of commitment and ferocity that QAnon has. Oh my god. It's like it's not conspiracy theories, but it is just mothers hardcore judging other mothers or mothers asking things like, My husband did this and that. Should I be am I the asshole for this? And then like a million women will pile on going, Yes. <laughs> mm, it's super powerful. I think Hillary Clinton did a QA on Mumsnet. Mm. Like a live one. Mumsnet is powerful. Like all hail. So the the drag race fandom is one rung more up on the terrifying. Yeah level like you do not want to piss mm. off the drag race fandom i'm really hopeful for a season two i don't know if that's going to happen but that's why because it was very problematic for a number of reasons and i don't think it did our queen's justice and having said that art simone was like she's an incredible queen someone i know and i'm really rooting for her to, her to get on the next all stars karen from finance another friend of mine this is nothing against the queens whatsoever i just don't think the show did our scene justice Moving on. Michael. (laughs) When did you know that Adrian was the one from Kamali? Very early, weirdly. And it was a very specific moment. We were dating. I was going back and forth between Melbourne and Sydney at the time because my dad was sick. 
and we'd only been on a few dates and he drove me to the airport and then we got to the airport. I thought he was just going to like drop me off and send me on our way. And then all of a sudden he goes into the proper parking area and like takes the ticket. I don't know why this was, I'd never had this happen before. And then, and then I'm like, oh, you don't have to, oh, okay, you're going to help me check in. He goes, no, I'll, I'll come sit at the gate with you. And he walked all the way to the gate and we sat there and it was a really quiet little terminal because I think I was on the cheap ass late flight out and we were just sort of sitting there holding hands. Just want to interject, Michael is notoriously cheap when it comes to flying. Well, I, I had no money at the time as well. Let's keep this in mind. This is pre-offspring and everything. I was very poor. Right. And um, mm. yeah, we were just sitting there and it was so early in our relationship, we had not discussed our feelings on Madonna. And for some reason she came up and it was around the hard candy era. And I was a bit like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I know. I like her. Like I was completely betrayed Madonna. I said, I like her. I don't know whether the best, you know, maybe the best years are behind. And Adrian came in so quick with, no, she will be forever. And I was like, oh. and so we were just... <laughs> But it was mostly not that. It was mostly the fact that he took me to the airport and just like sat with me and showed me so much care and tenderness. And I was like, I've never, I didn't, what, why, why? Like who does this for someone they've only just started dating? It was lovely. And I, and in retrospect, I think that was the moment. You're such a little storyteller, aren't you? <laughs> I was like, you aren't. <laughs> well, no, that was nice. I really understand the idea of that someone paying full price airport parking and walking you in and like going to the gate and having to take their phone out and their keys and their coins and all of that goes like that is, I mean, that's basically a marriage proposal in my eyes because my husband of 20 years barely stops the car. Like he'll go roll through the drop off and he, and he will not stop. And I've got to get out with my cases and he won't even look back and wave as he drives mm. off. We so. later, I later proposed to Adrian at an airport too, when I came through customs. And now this is so pathetic, but lovely too. When we go back to Melbourne airport, we often go to ride the escalator where I propose. <laughs> Are we sickening yet? Oh God, do you? We do. Like if we're in that part of the airport, we're like, should we go on the escalator? Tell the day of your proposal because that was wild. wild. I was at a protest. Yeah, it was the day the marriage plebiscite results were announced and I flew in from New York and I was really paranoid that I was going to miss it. And then Aiden came to meet me at the airport and we were going to go to a pub on one of the upper levels to watch the results come in. It was very nerve wracking. And I had it in my mind that I was going to propose if it was a yes. But then we, when I got, and when I saw him, it was really emotional. And then we hopped on the escalator to go up and I realized I don't want the my proposal to him to hinge on this vote. That's pathetic. I should just, he should just know that I want to get married beforehand. So I proposed on the escalator and he said, yeah. <laughs> that was not in our original plan either. No. Anyway, and then we met M, and then we got very drunk. We got so drunk. I know. Why was I there? I we went to lunch. No, no, but then, but then, but then we went to the big street party in Ligon Street, and then you got freaked out by crowds and went off with Scott, and then Adrian and I danced to Kelly Clarkson songs in the pouring rain. It was brilliant. I hate crowds so much. It was so peopley, so peopley. Now okay. here we go, yep. M. Tell us your best celebrity encounter, like Michael's Madonna story, Amy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't know what you're going to answer for this. You know this story, the Charlize Theron one? Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is this radio? Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so I had come off Australian Idol, literally straight into a job in radio, never, ever even, I didn't even listen to the radio, I'd never been in a studio, nothing. I'd been in the job four weeks and Charlize Theron was on a junket, I don't know which film it was, maybe Monster, I don't know, and they flew me to Melbourne to interview her. Now, I had, she was the first person I ever interviewed in my life, ever, ever. Mm. Charlize Theron. 
and I arrived there and I had my old school dictaphone with a mic. It was a massive thing. Like, not like what we're doing now where it's all little computery, cordy things. It was huge and it needed batteries and everything. It was heavy. And I hoiked it in and, like, the little snitchy LAPR girl was like, you've got five minutes and your time starts now. I'm like, oh my God. And I was so sweaty. And I had this weird crocheted top on. I don't know why I thought Charlize Theron crocheted, but I did. And like, it was, it was weird. And I had like beads and I don't know. It's just, my eyebrows were super thin. It was not good. And I sat down and she was opposite me. She was luminous. She was stunning. She was Charlize Theron. And I said, okay, I was just setting up everything. And I went to press record on the big recorder, my one job, and the batteries were flat. <gasps> And time was ticking. Time was ticking. And she's sitting there. She was being so she's like, it's okay. And I just finally, I just confessed to her. I said, I've just come off a reality TV singing show. I've, I've got a two-year-old. I'm 25. I've never sung in public. They've given me a job in radio. You're the first person I've ever interviewed, Charlize Theron. And she was amazing. She bought in her security guard. She said, she said check what batteries she needed. And they checked what batteries I needed. And the security guard went and bought them for me. And she pup-pup-pupped the PR girl. And she came in on her big heels and tried to get me out. Mm. And she said, no, this lady's getting her interview. And so I got it. And I was with Charlize Theron for like 15 minutes. And she was incredible. So that's my that's my best celebrity encounter still, 17 years later. I always, I just feel like you know she's a good egg. It's come through. Totally. Yes. Go, Shelley. She is. <laughs> so there you go. That's my most favourite one. Yeah. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay. <laughs> oh, this one. And this, can I just say, this question comes from earthy kindness. I like so hard. to question whether that is their intent. This was the spiciest question from earthy kindness. Okay, Michael. What is your favourite and least favourite quality of M's? <laughs> favourite is very, very easy and instant to answer. And that is just general passion. Like if there's a song you love, oh, it's not just like, yeah, I like it. I, I guess I sometimes I struggle with mutedness and maybe it's even that I know I've got a tendency to be muted. And so I just want passion, someone to be experiencing things. And if you love something, not to just like quite like it, but just to love it, to be like obsessed with every little detail of it, just to not be able to sleep, you love it so much. I can't, I'm straight, I'm like, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead, Michael, I'm dead, yeah. D-E-D, dead. Yeah. I just really want, and, and it's passion that extends to, it could be buying Christmas presents, it just could be, if you're going to just do anything. Just do it with passion. For Christ's yeah. sake, live your life. Totally. To the edges. Balls slaps to the wall. Yes. That's my favourite. I mean, I could list many other favourite qualities. No, like no, I'm dying like But a specific one that feels like is a quality, that, that would be the passion. Okay, so. What's your least favourite? I thought about this and I more would say it as, the, as maybe like a, a quality you have that I struggle with the most is maybe um, sometimes you have a tendency to believe that people hate you. And I always struggle with it because often I'm oblivious to it or I'm like, what? Or I disagree. Or it's just a combination of, but that must be really painful if you believe that, that you're hated or something like that. You, Yeah, that would be the one that I struggle with most. But it might be that I struggle with it because I'm just like wandering in this oblivious world where I don't pick up cues, which is highly <laughs> likely. But that's yes, the trickiest you. thing. That's always the trickiest mm. thing is Emma M might feel that she's hated by someone, especially if it's someone that I know. And I don't know. I never know how to deal with it properly. No, you never do. I think our only semi-quasi argument has been over one particular person we both know who I know hates me and have been told multiple times hates me. And you're like, no, no, she's <laughs> never said that to me. Like, of course she hasn't. Well, that's true. Okay, well, anyway. 
You're so uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. You can see me now. I find it really uncomfortable. I just know you. I know you're uncomfortable. Anyway, all right, let's go. Now we're out to you. Oh, Oh, here we go. Well, earthy kindness is struck again. Favourite and least favourite quality of Michael's. Oh, gosh. Favourite quality of Michael's is he's there. He leans in. He fills the space. He holds the space. He's so reliable and he always matches me. Like I never feel disappointed by Michael's enthusiasm or reaction to things or his support. If I ask for something, he does it. Like he never, like he's, he's just, he's so fucking reliable. (laughs) (laughs) No, but for an anxious person does think everyone hates them to have a constant solid you know, I've married someone who's a constant solid. My best friend is a constant solid. So I think for me is that you're a very solid person in my life. Like, and my favourite quality in, in you is that you you are you know how to be that person. You are that person. I don't even know. What would you even call that as a quality? Like, you know, it's not dependable makes it sound like you're a dog. You just, you've got integrity. <laughs> Your integrity is my favourite quality. <laughs> I don't know what- you're an, you're an integritous rock. Is integritous a word? It is now. <laughs> I don't know. I have so many. Everything about Michael. Like, honestly, we are, we're ridiculous. There's not much we ever disagree on. My least favourite quality on that note, though. <laughs> Michael tends to view everything with rose-coloured glasses. <laughs> it's true. He's fucking oblivious to shit. As he just admitted. For this past week, we've been debating about whether the lockdown will go on in Melbourne. And I have been, there's been a lot of rose tinted glasses that I've been looking through. And I really held out. I was like, no, we're going to be out of this. We're going to be out of this. Yeah. Like if I had to actually quantify it down, my least favourite quality of Michael is he sees the good in everyone to his own detriment. (laughs) I'll take it. If that's my least, if that's my. It is. It's infuriating, and he's a massive tight ass. But other than that... Not in terms of, like, gift-giving and things like that. Oh, no, you're an amazing in terms of In terms of, yes, I don't... I'm not the one to go on a big, splashy holiday, and I don't buy clothes. You do not. You do not. Your husband can attest to that. I need to. <laughs> no, you're very generous with gifts and, and friends and loaning money and all that. But, yeah, your need and desire to see the best in people to your own detriment, to your own, like... <laughs> Exhaustion. Yeah. <laughs> it's just annoying. Michael lets people walk all over him. He doesn't like the idea of people thinking badly of him, basically. So, oh, yeah, his worst qualities is too nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we are so disgusting. We are so disgusting. Okay. Do you have a favourite episode out of all the shows you've written? Well, weirdly, I don't have, like, one favourite episode, but I always can tell you the favourite episode of one particular show, but I can't really... Like, I can instantly tell... Like, my favourite Offspring episode is the Drunk Nina episode. It's my favourite. It's not even really a competition. I just... that That's instantly my favourite. My favourite Wentworth episode is Plan B, where the freak tries to kill B. My favourite Five Bedrooms episode is in Season 2, which hasn't even come out yet, but it's a it's an episode that will require a lot of tissues. That's all I'll say. So I can always think of the one for the show, but I can't compare them to each other because they're so you know now I just want to give you a little subtext to that he won't do that because he doesn't want to piss off any of the actors or actresses in those episodes or the other writers or the directors (laughs) or the producers he doesn't want to play pay favourites because he doesn't want to upset people I understand drawing that conclusion and maybe that's happening subconsciously but in all honesty though I don't know that I could 
And it's also not likely to be one from the past because I find that even things I wrote, like I struggle to even watch Offspring now because I'm like, oh, Michael, too much dialogue. What are you doing? What's happening here? <laughs> it's an episode of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, like it, it feels old-fashioned to me now, even though it's not that old. No. But, but um, you know, it's a while ago. But always in a show, I know my favourite episode mm. that I've, I've written. What, what's your favourite episode in Newsreader that's coming up, guys? Uh, I can't, well, I mean, I can't. It's, Just it's, say it's, the it's number. The, it's the five. Oh, it's the five. it's number five. Okay. The penultimate. I like, and you will, you you'll know why when you get oh, it. Let's just say. Oh, uh, it's no, it's nothing. It's not so much delving into our personal history. It's more going into territory that would relate to our parents' professions in the eighties. Oh yeah, 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 I know the one you mean. Yeah, why yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Yeah. This is the last question. Comes from Terry. And well done, Terry, because you know I would never risk asking this. Your favourite royal M, who is it? Fergie. Yeah, I, kn- I knew that. Fergie. <laughs> Closely followed by Liz. They're actually, the, they're the only two royals I'll tolerate. Fergie and Liz. Oh, you would have tolerated Die in the Day. Oh, God, yes. I mean, God, rest in soul. Rest in peace, rest in peace, Die. She's my favourite all time, but not living. Rest in peace, rest in peace, God, rest her soul. Fergie. Fergie, for me, is the ultimate royal. She gives you everything you want. She's just, she keeps giving. She keeps getting better. She's just like, she's just coming into her own right now. She's stunning. She's amazing. She's bonkers. She's like, she's happy to be invited to shit. She, she, and she doesn't even hide that fact. She rocks up with a big wave with sweat patches and her silk gown. <laughs> she loves her daughters. Like, she had a toe-sucking controversy. Like, tick, tick, tick. There's a lot to love. I mean, is she an apologist for a husband who might be? Don't, uh, don't sell it. She's not, it's not her husband, ex-husband, divorced, gone. She, she I think she was to together do. with him when that was all happening. Okay, anyway. okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> Pivot back hard. And in fact, this is the perfect question to do it. Oh, okay. You ready? Yeah. This is good. I'd like to know the answer to this, actually. <laughs> Eleanor asks, I've never actually had the flaps to ask him this question. Are you ever going to write M her own TV show? Uh-huh. I'm seeing something like Fleabag, but a musical. Elena, you're a genius, first of all. <laughs> I would say that is a very good pitch. Are you ever going to write M her own TV show? Or maybe even write a TV show with M? Not to, I think that's the subtext there. Yeah, I, well, there, there are two different distinct options, but I think if you were, go, if I was going to write a TV show, it would never be that I just write a show and then give it to you to perform with. Let's just say M would be writing it too. Mm. There's no question about that. And I think it, if you've been like watching my work, I really do want to write a musical. Like it's in, it's not in me in terms of talent to actually compose songs. Mm. <laughs> That's not in me. No, you're a good lyricist. You can do lyrics. Well, yeah, and every every show almost like I wrote Nina's rap in Offspring and in Newsreader. I had to write a children's choir song for Halley's Comet, <laughs> and I really want to write a musical. And I promise that that chocolate craving will one day be fulfilled with Amelia. Thank you. Probably behind the scenes and in front of the camera. Correct. It's gonna happen. Uh, with in terms of musicals. There really hasn't been an Australian TV no. series musical. It hasn't been cracked yet. and um, We're going to do it. It's going to be like My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a perfect example that it can be done and done well. Exactly. So. Stay tuned. Good. I've got this noted down. You won't be seeing it on your screens this 2021. I can tell you that much. But one day it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know what it needs to happen when there's the budget, when we've got money. Yeah. When we've got Netflix budget. We don't have the patience to do it. <laughs> no, I can't do Bo Burnham. We need the production. 
She needs some makeup artists. No, she doesn't need it, but she's going to take it. I do need it. You should see what it normally takes to when we're not in lockdown to make the podcast, and this is just on a listening medium. It's a cast of thousands, lights, cameras, and, as I said, a listening medium. So imagine what a musical TV show would require for both of us. Oh, it would be superb. Oh, we'd need the budget of, like, I don't know, the crown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any parting words? Because my computer's on five percent, and I can't be fucked going to get the charger. No, that was. I can't believe it's taken us this long to do this episode. Yeah. No, it's good. We're chatting. This should just run the show. They should just tell us what to talk about every single time. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I didn't have to like look up any facts or get nervous. I mean, I'm going to be nervous about the drag race chat. But how are you? What are you doing in lockdown? You're frantically getting which TV show ready? Five bedrooms. My bedrooms, but yeah, no. And obviously today we did have exemption applications in for some Sydney cast and let's just say Dan was pretty clear that that will not be happening. Yeah, they just turned up urine soaked pretty much. So that's what's what's happened to those exemptions. I'm so sorry. No, no. So anyway, that's that's a bit of a curveball. But in some ways, you know what? It's almost better to have it like it's not for the people that can't get in. But it is the worst thing yeah. is the uncertainty and not knowing what to plan. So in some ways, having the yeah. axe fall for you know. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. It's my whole. I'm just doing a lot of online therapy, guys. I'm good. Don't worry about me. <laughs> just living my best life, finding moments of happiness. Drinking very diluted tequila. Yeah, I'm done now. See how look how red I've gone from just the tiny little sip, just little snipped, a little waft. All right. I'll, uh, thanks very much. I'll uh, thanks very much. talk to you later tonight, probably. Goodbye. All right. Bye. This is Emsolation. Okay, friends, that's all from us. I hope you enjoyed that. God, you guys are not afraid to go there. We're not afraid to go there either. That's why we like each other. I just want to give a big hello and shout out to the Emsolation patrons. You guys, you're small but mighty, and I appreciate you so much. You do pay all my production men, the gays, and they say thank you. <laughs> and a big shout out to the Emsolation Facebook group who never fail to entertain and uplift. You guys are amazing. And uh, don't forget, if you want to see us live, fingers crossed live, things are happening in November, you can see Michael, Marcella and I performing at Emsolation in the flesh, all the wheezing laughter you want at the Great Australian Podcast Festival, information at livenation.com. And that's all I have. That's all the whoring I have for you. Thanks for being here. Be kind, be gentle to yourselves. <laughs> Just laughing. I don't know why I'm delirious. Thanks for being here, legends. We'll chat to you next week. We'll be here. Don't worry. Don't you even worry. I got you. We've got you. Bye. Emsolation with M. Rossiano is a Spotify exclusive podcast hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas. Executive produced by Benjamin Wosley. Produced by M. Rossiano. Edited by Mark Davila. With videos by Liam O'Bree. Socials by Marcella Rossiano Barrow. With assistance from Jim Evans and Georgia Wong and occasional technical trickery and wizardry from M's dad, Vinci. Get more from Emsolation with M. Rossiano by following Emsolation Podcast on Instagram. You can also join our secret club by joining our Facebook group at Emsolation and make sure you're following us on the Spotify app. We, of course, hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll chat with you again soon.